welcome to Smart Career Planning, a podcast that discusses anything and maybe everything that goes into planning a smart career journey. I'm your host, Helen Chow. Welcome to our ninth episode. I'm really excited about our show today. Our guest for today is Vivi Fenwick from Vivi Fenwick Consulting. In addition to recruiting, Vivi also coaches small to medium-sized businesses on best hiring practices, whether it be about interview questions, recruitment processes, and whatnot. I actually walked into the interview with a list of prepared questions and I find her answers to some of my questions so fascinating that I actually had to vivid a couple of times. Um, one thing before we go into the interview, one thing I do need to let you know though, is that we were having some technical difficulties while recording the podcast. Um, the sound quality is not 100% and you will hear some of the statics. Now without further ado, Vivi Fenwick, tips for finding a perfect job. Hi, Vivi. Hi, Helen. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me and the audience today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good. So would you like to maybe introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, what do you do, and how did you get to this point in your career? Sure. So currently I'm working as a human resources consultant for small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, Most of what I offer are helping with processes, policies surrounding everything from employee relations to staffing, actually doing recruiting, human resources audits to make sure their processes are compliant, and then working with them on coaching, mentoring, and training in areas like interviewing, performance management, those types of things. And then the other side of my business is working with individuals on job coaching. I started off helping with resume writing and then found that what I really have a passion for is helping individuals figure out their own branding or message so they can put their best foot forward with employers uh, and figure out where do they fit, how do they fit, and how do they get that information across. Good. I feel like, you know, with you have some really incredible experience and I would call someone with your skill set a triple threat in the sense that, you know, you help establish internal hiring procedures, recruit talent and advise people on their career journey. Now, how to you, how do you feel like each of those parts influence each other? No, and that's a great question and it's it's something that started or came to me very early in my career. I started off as a human resources generalist, so I handled every aspect of human resources, including the recruiting. And I saw very early on that it wasn't so much about making a good hire or a bad hire, a good employee or a bad employee. It was really about the process. And if the process and the needs were defined up front, then everything would come together. Um, And one example that I've used in the past is there was a financial analyst at one of my first companies. He wasn't performing well. The director said he wasn't meeting expectations. He was failing. And he eventually left the company and became the vice president of worldwide finance at a major billion-dollar semiconductor company. And so that sent me a very strong message that the, the wrong person in the wrong place won't succeed. The right person in the right place will. So for me, it became about how do we put this puzzle together for the point that the company is at now as well as down the road. So it's short-term looking, long-term looking. The company does the right thing. The candidate does the right thing. And then it'll come together. So that's how it all sort of happened to me. And that's where my philosophy is. 
that's that's fascinating. Now, always talk to candidates, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. That interview is is actually both ways. It's not just about the hiring manager finding the right person. The candidate too is interviewing the job for a right role for himself or herself.、Um, exactly. Now, given what you talked about, and I, I, I know situations are very different. There are different scenarios. But what are some of the advice you would give to job seekers in, when it comes to identifying the right environment for them? So, a lot of times, I put them through.、Um, I put them through a set of questions to think about. Some people know right off the bat, this is where I work best.、Um, but if not, I try to get them to think about. When at, at what job at what place and and it doesn't matter if it was a job in high school or you know ten years outside of college, where did you feel most excited to go? What were the things that you love to do? What types of people do you like to work with? Who have you worked with best? Who have you not been successful working with, and why? And if they can start to define those things, what sort of things motivate them and get them excited to to get out in the morning and go to that workplace? What sort of activities do they like to do? Professional hobby? That starts to give you kind of a picture of of where you fit best. Do I like a really structured environment, or do I like one that's really loose and ambiguous? Do I like a lot of processes? Do I like to make things up as I go along? And so you start to ask those questions and kind of look into yourself and think about where you were happiest and where you were most motivated, and then you start to piece together where are those similarities, where do they cross over, and then you kind of get an idea of where you where you want to be. I also tell people sometimes you need to go to the place that's not necessarily where you ultimately want to end up because you're going to get a certain amount of experience and exposure that's going to help you get to the the better place.、Um, but if you're at that point where you're ready to have all those pieces fit together, those are the kind of questions that you ask yourself: just where am I happiest, and who am I happiest working alongside? Where have I been tested and challenged and grown the most and really loved it? And then that helps you decide. What's the right place for you?、Mm-hmm. Good. Now, how about when it comes to working with the hiring managers, and you know, for them to figure out the right questions to ask candidates? Do you play do you play a role in that in being that kind of advisor? I try to where they'll let me.、Um, I think the biggest yeah the biggest <laughs> challenge with some of the clients I've worked with, they just want to get a body in there. So they want somebody in there as quickly as possible, and I think everybody has the same the same challenge. I don't want to put in the work up front; it takes so much time. But then I I give them all the examples of when you don't, it takes longer to fill the position, or you might fill the position with the wrong person, and you're starting all over again in three to six months. So I I do try to coach them. I ask a lot of questions before I start even recruiting, so that even if they're not open to thinking about those things. Sometimes the fact that I'm asking certain questions about the top five skill sets、uh, that they're looking for, what are the characteristics that make somebody successful or unsuccessful in the job, that gets them thinking, and hopefully I can help them develop questions. I ask them, what sort of questions do you ask? Do you ask questions around just the skills, the hard skills, the technical piece, or do you ask things around fit and culture? Uh, and so sometimes doing both of those things gets them to think about it.、Um, I did recently do some interview training for one of my clients,、uh, one of their groups, 
And I was actually surprised at how well they took it because a lot of times they just sit and they look like they're bored. And this group actually asked a lot of questions like, if I want to know about this, how they communicate or how they work in a team, what can I ask to get that information? So it's a little bit of a mix. Some of them are open to it. Some of them aren't. Um, Usually the ones that have not been successful in finding someone or have had a number of people leave that's usually my opening to say, hey, can I help you ask questions that will get to what you want to make sure you find the right person? So some are open, but I do try to coach and guide and, and get them there. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of candidates, they ask me for suggestions how they should prepare for this interview. And of course, I just tell them, be yourself and you're going to do great. Now, for you... Since you are someone who coach other hiring managers, what to ask to get that fuller picture, if you were to put that um, candidate consulting hat on, what do you say to them? What do you say to them when they ask you how they should prepare for this interview? Sure. And this is where I tell candidates a lot of times that recruiting, whether it's the recruiter, the hiring manager, or the team, it's a little bit of an art and a science. So there's definite skills. And if everybody's doing the work up front, characteristics that have been defined that make a person the right fit for the company and the department and the team. But then how that's interpreted in terms of how the candidate gets that across can be taken so many different ways, and that becomes the unknown. So for a lot of candidates, I tell them to be themselves. I tell them to make sure they're confident and comfortable in who they're trying to portray themselves as. And there's so much research you can do between different professional networks like LinkedIn, even social networks like Facebook, Glassdoor.com, people post questions that companies ask. You can do a bit of research to figure out what sort of questions might be asked. You can do research to determine what's the culture of the company, what direction are they going, what sort of people do they look for. There's lots of ways to gather the information and then figure out how do I answer the questions in a way that gets those things across, that I understand the vision, I understand the direction, I understand the fit. Some of it is you do go in blindly. Even if you know those things, you don't know how the person on the other side is going to perceive you. So all you can really do, know who you are, know the things that you want to get across, and at the same time, show that you can build rapport, show that you can, with a lot of my clients, it's about going with the flow. I work with small to medium-sized businesses. So people who can, it's not so much the answer they give, but how do they react on their feet? How do they respond when they get a question they don't know? How do they respond when they get a reaction they're not comfortable with? Those are things that you can practice and start to move through and get more comfortable with. And it's that confidence that comes across that is usually the strongest characteristic that they're looking for uh, to determine if if it's a right fit and if somebody can work well. So can they communicate with confidence? Are they comfortable with who they are? Do they believe in their own answers? And that's the best you can do. The rest of it is going to be very subjective. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Now, have you had a, I, I don't know if you're still hands-on with recruitment or you just mainly work with job seekers and prepare them with branding as they look for jobs. Are you still pretty hands-on with recruitment and interviewing people? Yes. 
good. Now, yes, I still do a lot of recruiting, and I want to keep doing that because that puts me in a better position to help people when they're interviewing. Ah, good, good, good. Do you do um, a fair amount of headhunting, looking on LinkedIn and things like that too? Yes, a lot. Oh, good, good, good. Now, do you have any specialties? Um, so I focus pretty much, I, I, I don't have any one particular specialty. I focus mostly on general and administrative. Every now and then I'll have some technical positions, but that's not my strong point. So things like finance, human resources, legal, sales, marketing, the general executive assistants, project managers, those are the areas that I, I have the most expertise in. Good. Now, do you rely when it comes to filling a positions? Do you rely more on job applications, or um, do you proactively reach out to people on LinkedIn? So I do both. Um, I always like to hit every target I can. So I do post, um, and where I post and when I post uh, really depends on the position. I have my own database of people as well that I look into. And then I do a lot of LinkedIn. Uh, I will tweet jobs that are open. Uh, I'll use Facebook. So I'll use um, other social networking, not just the professional social networks that are out there. But most of the positions that I fill are hired through my own outreach and not through the, the resumes that come in. Now, how about on paper then? What are some of the traits you look for in a strong candidate? Right. So, so once we kind of look outside of the technical skills, so I have the list of the things I know they need to be doing and the experience they need to have. So that's pretty easy to check off. Because of the types of companies I work with, there are definitely certain things that they're looking for that are that I can read in the resume. So it's everything from how readable is the resume. And so especially for someone in like marketing or sales, I'm looking for a resume that's a bit more interesting and not very dry. I'm looking for accomplishments. In a lot of cases, because my companies don't necessarily require they come from a specific industry. I look for people who've been successful and had similar accomplishments or at least level of accomplishments in different companies, different organizations, because that tells me that whatever they're doing works. So, And that tells me that they can be flexible and be successful in different environments. So that flexibility comes across. Oddly enough, things like their communication, their written communication, did they use acronyms that only somebody in their field or their company would know? Or were they courteous enough to spell it out, realizing that it might be a recruiter or somebody who doesn't work in that field who's going to need to read it and understand it? And the type, the, the types of information they put in, if it's just very strictly the technical piece, but they don't talk about, I don't get an idea of, of whether they've worked with teams or whether they've been more individual. Those things come across. And the biggest piece that I look at first and in the first 10 seconds determine whether or not I'm even going to look at the rest of the resume is a summary profile. It's that branding message because that's where you can really personalize and get your, your personality and the way you work and communicate comes across. So that, that summary profile at the very top is pretty much the first thing I look at. That gives me a lot of insight and then I see if that's matched up with the rest of the information in the resume. Good. Now you, you sort of touched upon that. You know, for for you, one of the winning traits, um, or one of the traits for a winning candidate, is confidence. Now, 
imagine if there's a candidate passes your screening, very confident, you think this person is a great fit, and then you pass it on to the hiring manager, phone interview, awesome. You invite a candidate in for an in-person interview, and something happened. This person, you're, you've decided to not move forward with that person. What are some of the reasons that you have experienced for there to be that kind of 180? I've seen a lot of different reasons come up. Unfortunately, sometimes when a person is, um, is nervous, that comes across loud and clear. If I'm at the stage where I've talked to them and I've simply forwarded on the resume with the summary, I really work with the manager to find out what they're, what they're not seeing that maybe I saw. So sometimes it could be that I really felt somebody was a fit. The manager gives me additional information and I see that the company they worked at, maybe the industries that they've worked in, um, are ones that, that aren't a fit. Even if they've jumped a few industries, maybe they've been, those industries have been too structured and we, this industry is now, or this company is much less structured and they're concerned about that. Managers get concerned about things like the size of the company, um, how resourceful has someone had to be. So if it's a small company that doesn't have a lot of technological resources or systems in place, if someone's come from an environment with more systems, they may not have the confidence that the person can then translate that into this environment. And that comes through in the interview. Sometimes, even through the questioning, they're not able to dig that out or they're asking the questions and the candidate's just not responding in the right way. And then sometimes it just comes down to, I just didn't feel the connection with that person. And we're not supposed to say that. We're always supposed to make a decision based on skills and, and those concrete things. But the reality is, a big chunk of that interviewing process is what was my impression and do I think I can I can work with this person kind of beyond the skills. So if the rapport and the chemistry aren't there, that can really turn things around. Sometimes it's just one thing someone says. I had a director of HR that I had worked with at a company and knew would be a great fit for the organization. He was maybe 20, 25 years older than one of the HR managers who was interviewing with him, and he kept calling her kiddo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. And I completely forgot that he did that. Yeah. And it didn't go over well, and even though everything else was okay, it was the one term. And sometimes it's that one thing somebody says that completely stops everything. Yeah. So. And you don't always know what that is. I fortunately was able to tell him what it was that turned them off because of the relationship I had with him. But in most cases, that's not something that I might relay back to the candidate. So sometimes it's a term, a word, how they refer to something that turns somebody off. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. And I think even just to elaborate on that list too, it can be, you briefly mentioned about nervousness. I think sometimes yeah. people can un really underestimate the power of nerves because with nerves, um, people tend to not be able to provide very specific answers to the questions because they're too nervous. So they tend to be overly general on things that you should be extremely specific and you become super specific on things that is supposed to be very general. So that that really raises people's eyebrows. Exactly. And there's there's even things I've been in environments where we're asking about how do you behave with a team mm -hmm. and how do you perform with a team and tell us about a time where you were a part of a team and what did the team accomplish. 
And if somebody comes in, and I've had this happen where they keep saying, I, well, what about the team as a whole? Well, I did this. Well, that will turn managers off if they need a team approach. Flipping it the other way, I've had lots of times where I've asked people questions about what they've accomplished, and they keep saying, we, 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 and I can't get them to drill down to what their particular part was. So sometimes it's things as uh, what what seems as something so small, but the terminology and did you really listen to the question and get what they were asking? People practice a lot for interviews, and sometimes they get so caught up in what the, the standard correct answer is that they forget. They really need to listen to the question, the cues, the different bits of information they're getting to both see if this is somewhere they want to be, but to also answer the question in the right way. Mm-hmm. And that will turn off managers. And if you have someone in sales or marketing who comes across too nervous, that can end the interview for them. If you have somebody who just comes in way too confident, that can turn the interview. So it's about finding that balance um, and getting comfortable so that you can get your message across and answer the questions that they're asking and then really getting how you fit across. But it, it can come down to literally just one thing that, that turns it for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, before we wrap up then, um, given what we've talked about so far, if it just comes to interviews, what advice do you have for our listeners, uh, whether it be working on resumes or maybe how to plan for an interview or even, you know, maybe they are passive job seekers and they just need to, they feel like they need to start getting trained up for their next big job. What sort of advice do you have for them? I think the biggest thing is, Doing the homework up front, just like I tell the hiring managers to do, do the homework up front to really figure out who you are and what you have to offer. I think it's really easy to say that if I'm a financial analyst, I'm detail-oriented, I'm good with numbers, I'm analytical, but what are the mix of skills, experience, and achievements that you have that would make somebody want to hire you? And then understanding that because that is your branding. So being very clear about who you are and what you have to offer any company, no matter what size, no matter what industry, no matter what culture, what do you bring to the table? And then at the same time, really figuring out if if you're serious about making the next career move versus I need to find something to put food on my table, then doing the homework up front to learn about the company, doing the homework up front to to know who you are and where you work best and where you thrive, where you get really passionate and excited about being and what sort of work ignites that in you. Because if those things are there and it's a match with that company, if that's what that company has to offer, it will come across. You'll come across as authentic. You'll come across as knowing yourself. You'll come across as capable. So it's, it's just about doing the work. Study yourself. Study where you're going to be interviewing and see where things match and line up and overlap. And those are the things that you focus on. Sounds good. But thank you so much for your time. Now, if our audience would like to reach out to you, especially when it comes to career coaching, how can they get a hold of you? So the the best way to find me is on my website at vvfenwickconsulting.com. But I can also be reached on my uh, cell phone is probably best, 831 262 4237. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, your advice, and everything you talked about is extremely valuable. Well, thank you for your time, and I really appreciate you doing these podcasts. I think it's great for the job seekers and for the hiring companies to hear how each of us does it a little differently. 
great. Well, thank you so much, and have a great rest of the evening. Thank you. You too, Helen. Good talking to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to take the time to thank Vivi Fenwick. Please do check out her work at vivifenwickconsulting.com. It is V-I-V-I-F-E-N-W-I-C-K consulting.com. This concludes our recruiter series. For next episode, instead of interviewing other people, I will be talking about lessons I'd learned in the last 10 years as a headhunter. The focus of the podcast has less to do with the lessons I'd learned for myself, but mostly what I'd learned from interviewing other people and um, watching the choices people make in their careers, um, some career trends, different personalities, and how that ties in with compensation, and of course, career blind spots. I haven't recorded that podcast yet, so if you have any questions about career building or even questions for any of our guest speakers so far, please send them to me. Um, You can submit a question via my website at www.interviewrightconsulting.com. I will address your questions in the next podcast. Another announcement I want to make is my bi-monthly webinar. Last week's webinar titled, I'm looking for a job now what had a great turnout my next free webinar titled what do what not to ask in an interview is going to be on june 17th which is a friday at 8 30 a.m pacific time to sign up please visit again www.interviewrightconsulting.com you can go to the services tab and you will see the webinar under one-on-one con- uh, one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in two weeks. Have a great day. Bye-bye.